Hey there, it's Bear Bear. Welcome to Bear Squared Podcast. Hey there, it's Bear Bear. Welcome to Bear Squared Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the story of Orpheus and Eurydice and how many, many, many visual artworks, music works, dance works, films, video games, and literature were based off of this Greek mythology story. Although there were many works that tell this tale, I will only focus on three today. The first one being Orpheus in the Underworld, an operetta by Jacques Offenbach. The second one is a ballet with music by Stravinsky. And the last one will be a recent operatic work by Harrison Birtwistle, which premiered in 1986 and had a rerun not long ago by the English National Opera. I'm sure many of you have read the Percy Jackson books before and know the Greek god of death or the underworld, Hades, his wife, Persephone, and the god of lightning, Zeus, and the god of the sun, Apollo, and of the sort. So I'll jump straight into the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. There are many versions to this myth, but I'll share the most common version of the tale. So Orpheus was a musician who could move people with his music. He met a gorgeous lady called Eurydice and married her and lived happily for a short while. One day, when Eurydice was in the woods, she was bitten by a snake and dies. Orpheus mourns for his wife's death by playing music. His music touched the gods and they allowed him to visit the underworld to bring his wife back. There was only one rule to this. Orpheus cannot look behind him to make sure Eurydice is there until they go out into the light. As they near the exit, Orpheus loses his fate and turns around, seeing Eurydice being sucked back into the realms of the underworld. At the end of the story, Orpheus dies and his head is kept alive to sing forever, enchanting people with his beautiful voice. Offenbach's operetta, Orpheus and the Underworld, tells a totally different story. It ends with a happy ending and includes absurd characters, such as one called Public Opinion. It might as well be a parody of the myth. The plot of Offenbach's operetta begins with an unhappy couple. 
Orpheus loved some other woman, and Eurydice was being seduced by someone else. And by someone else, I mean specifically the god of the underworld, Pluto. Pluto wanted to be with Eurydice, and of course he wanted to bring her to the underworld. So he lied to her and said that something wasn't poisonous, when in fact it was. Eurydice believed him and stepped on it, and so she died and went into the underworld. But it didn't feel so bad because the god of the underworld loves her. Here is where public opinion appears. Public opinion urges Orpheus to go look for his wife and use music to touch the gods to allow him to go to the underworld. He was unwilling, but, you know, he has to follow public opinion. The gods in Olympus were bored, and they heard that some human being was going to go to the underworld, so they decided to take a holiday and go visit, and that includes the god of gods, Zeus, or in this case called Jupiter. When Jupiter arrived in the underworld, he found where Pluto, the god of the underworld, hid Eurydice. So he slipped through the keyhole and seduced Eurydice because she was really pretty. In the last scene of this operetta, the gods of Olympus were throwing a party and Jupiter wanted to sneak Eurydice out because he wanted to take her as his mistress. But according to the myth, as long as Orpheus does not look back, Eurydice will have to go back to the world to become his wife again. So Jupiter had a plan to keep Eurydice from seeing Orpheus. Jupiter then threw a lightning bolt in front of Orpheus so that he would look behind him. The public opinion isn't pleased about this ending, but Pluto and Jupiter were fine with it because Pluto had enough of Eurydice. Jupiter won the pretty woman that he loved, and Orpheus was relieved because he didn't even love his wife. <laughs> The second adaptation to this myth is Stravinsky's ballet titled Orpheus. The story of the ballet is pretty much the same as the myth itself. The music, however, is one to be mentioned because it is the most melodious out of Stravinsky's works. It doesn't have a percussion section, for the exception of one timpani. The harp is also used in the ballet, which is the equivalent 
of the Greek lyre that Orpheus plays to mourn the death of his wife. Last but not least, we will be talking about Harrison Birtwistle's operatic or theatrical work, The Mask of Orpheus. It is an interesting work because there are three overlapping forms of the characters that proceed at the same time. The first one being puppetry, which represents the myth. The second one being the mime, which represents their heroic self and the third being the human voice, which represents Orpheus and Eurydice's human form. The first half of the opera is the same as the myth. Eurydice dies and Orpheus goes and looks for her. However, in Act 2, Orpheus has to go through 17 arches, each symbolic of different things, the countryside, crowds, evening, dying or glass and the end the last one is called the arch of fear so eventually orpheus does go through these 17 arches but he always looks back and he cannot save eurydice Here, Orpheus wakes up and realizes that his trip to the underworld is just a dream. The opera continues by time moving back, so time travels backwards to where Eurydice has just died and Orpheus goes to the underworld again to look for her. It repeats and repeats, but Orpheus never saves her. So the question is, does Orpheus ever go to the underworld? Or is it just a dream that keeps on repeating itself but actually never happens? So at the end of the opera, the myth disintegrates and dies. We have now come to an end to the short episode that shares the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice through music. There is much more to share in terms of the myth's importance in other artistic works, but it will go on forever.
Next week, I'll share a little bit about Four Seasons. Thank you for being with me today. Bye!